Good morning, beloved saints. As I woke up this morning, I couldn't help but feel as though I was in a bunker underground somewhere after a devastating atomic blast, <laughs> waiting for the day when the radiation would subside and we could go out and see the sunshine again. I moved slowly out of bed, put on some comfortable clothes, grabbed a rationed coffee, a stale old biscuit, and a moldy piece of cheese for breakfast. <laughs> I felt like if I traveled anywhere, I would have to put on body armor and strap on my weapons to manage the violence and looting going on in the streets, the stores and places of business. I felt I would have to encounter violent marauding bands of thugs, half-dead people roving, scavenging, and killing each other for a piece of bread or toilet paper. <laughs> but it isn't quite like that, is it? I'm obviously over-exaggerating a bit. My mind is, but my heart isn't. My thoughts, this beautiful, sunny Sunday morning, take me to truly thinking deeply about the situation that we're all in. If you look outside, you'll see the sun shine brighter than usual. The air is crisp, cool, and sweet to the taste. The flowers and trees are resplendent and in high definition. The birds are chirping, and for a moment, everything seems right in the world. There's no indication or clue whatsoever that there's a highly contagious virus out there causing so much angst, anxiety, and disruption in our lives. But I sit here confused, muddled, lost as to what is truly going on and who exactly I can trust with what this information of the virus and everything else. It's so difficult for me to sort out what is true, what is political, who truly has our best interests at heart. I fear so, we fear so many things today in this world. Democrats fear another Trump term. Republicans fear a Biden or Sanders term. There are good people on both sides of this, both who see God's hand, as it were, in their own leader or political affiliation. So who's right? As an uncompromising Bible-believing Christian, I have seen the real and practical necessity of taking my cue from something other than news media, social media, or political parties, and even other people. I must stick to the Word of God on this issue, as we should in anything else for that matter, that we endeavor to do in everything we endeavor to do and accomplish in our short time walking our wilderness of faith as citizens of the kingdom of God. This is the only reliable, uncompromising source of truth, reality, and strength in the worst of times. This isn't going to be a typical Bible study. I am going to start that this week, and I will do what I can to get them to you while we're in this situation. This is me just sharing my initial thoughts with you from what I believe is a biblical worldview. I'm not a man of platitudes. I'm not going to sit here and quote you a bunch of choice scriptures about how God will protect the good Christian from COVID-19 if you only have enough faith. I applaud those who do have that kind of faith, but history has proven you wrong time and time again. We live in a flawed, broken, and fallen world. Nature and humanity will come up with ways to devastate and destroy us time and time again. And countless true believers in Jesus have died along the way. Remember Father Damien of Molokai? He was a Roman Catholic priest from Belgium and a member of the Congregation of Sacred Hearts of Jesus, a missionary religious institute. He won recognition for his ministry, which led from, 1980, from 1873 till his death in 1889 in the Kingdom of Hawaii for people with leprosy who were required to live under government-required medical quarantine in the settlement of the Kalopapa Peninsula of Molokai. During this time, he taught the Catholic faith to the people of Hawaii. 
Father Damien also cared for the patients himself and established leadership within the community to build houses, schools, roads, hospitals, and churches. He dressed residents' ulcers, built a reservoir, made coffins, dug graves, shared pipes, and ate poi from his hands with them, providing both medical and emotional support. After 11 years of caring for the physical, spiritual, and emotional needs of the leper colony, Father Damien realized he also had contracted leprosy when he was scalded with hot water and felt no pain. He continued his work despite the infection until he succumbed to the disease April 15th of 1889. I know you can regale me with miraculous stories about how so many have ministered to the sick and dying and our Lord preserved and protected them along the way. And I know this is true, but it is by God's grace and will, not by a formula of prayers and faith. How did Father Damien respond to contracting his illness? Did he get angry at God? Did he wonder how God could do this to him of all people? Did he lose faith in God, demanding to be healed for all his wonderful efforts? No. Despite the illness slowing down his body in his last years, Damien engaged in a flurry of activity. He tried to complete and advance as many projects as possible with his time remaining, while continuing to spread the gospel faith and the aid the lepers uh, and to aid lepers in their treatments. Damien completed several building projects and improved orphanages before he died. But what did Father Damien have to say about the whole thing? Well, here are a few quotes. I would not be cured if the price of the cure was that I must leave the island and give up my work. I am perfectly resigned to my lot. Do not feel sorry for me. Then he says, I make myself a leper with the lepers to gain all to Jesus Christ. And thirdly, my greatest pleasure is to serve the Lord in his poor children rejected by other people. Now rest assured, I'm not advocating that we all go out and expose ourselves to the virus trying to help the people in most dire need right now. Let's be clear about this. But what is the true faithful Christian to do in these crazy, unprecedented times? Well, unprecedented only for us here in America lately. The world has seen its ugly and monumental share of deadly pandemics, hasn't it? The Black Plague, um, so many, the Spanish flu, so many other ones I can name, which isn't the point of this message right now. But again, this doesn't mean that just because there have been significantly worse pandemics in the world that this one should be dismissed or ignored. But what has humanity learned since the Black Plague hit in 1347? Technologically, quite a lot. Humanly, not so much. Here's the thing. Mankind has advanced in almost every area of technology except for making mankind more kind. Even with our amazing advances in medicine, technology, and everything else, nature can still devastate us in a matter of seconds and this will continue until the end of time. But again, what is the Christian to do? I believe the Bible is as relevant and effective now as the day it was written. It's practical truths applied to us today. Why? Because it is the handbook on the soul and human nature. And if we're truly honest about it, humanity has not matured one iota. We're smarter, but not any more mature than Cain was when he murdered Abel. I personally am mostly a pragmatic Christian by nature. That is, dealing with things as sensibly and realistically as I can in a way that's based on practical rather than theoretical considerations. It's the way I was wired. 
I personally have a very messy, imperfect, and tumultuous relationship with my Savior. Those who know me see me as a man struggling somewhere between the sacred and profane every minute of the day. <laughs> if not, just check my Facebook posts. I am not overly spiritual or holy, and I struggle with my sinful nature continuously. But while I may be weak and flawed in my walk with God, by no means is my faith weak or flawed. My faith in Him is unbreakable. But I firmly believe the reality of the scriptures is far more real than the reality around us. We are force-fed information at a dizzying pace, and the stress, angst, and fear pile up relentlessly. What is the truth of what everything that's going on right now? The truth is, nobody truly knows. We can do our best with what we have at hand and our minute brains can take in at any given moment. But in the age of information, where information is blasted into our psyches every second of every day, do we truly know what's going on behind the scenes in the highest echelons of leadership and in the darkest recesses of this country? Nobody knows. Nobody has a handle on the truth, not one political party over another. Uh, we only know what's right in front of us and what's in our immediate surroundings. But God's word and, uh, and God and His Word are unbound by time, history, situations, or even humanity. This is what is true regardless of what else happens in our lives. So what can we take, um, where can we take our strength and grace from in these tumultuous times? Well, first of all, place your faith in the truth of God's Word and dive deep into it. As opposed to the second-by-second -second updates, death tolls, opinions, ugliness, the ugliness uh, uh, and evil mankind does to one another, even in these times. It's time to grow in your faith and grow as a human being. Christianity was designed to make us more human, more compassionate, more loving, as opposed to evolution, who it's designed to make us more bestial. And then we're surprised when so many in society who believe in evolution are practicing survival of the fittest. Now is the time while you have a bit of extra time, unless of course you're essential personnel like me, but I also do have extra time because I'm not having to write two intense Bible studies a week and many other things that I had responsibilities over. Not writing Bible studies is detrimental to my emotional, mental, and especially spiritual well-being. The next one is pray. You all know this is the most defining trait of the Christian next to love. I don't have to tell you. I don't have to give you a million scriptures. Every Christian instinctively, inherently knows they must pray. And we have to pray now more than ever. The next thing is to plan. Do what you need to do to sensibly and practically take care of you and yours. You know what that is. Clean house. Not just your home, but emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually. Truly ponder what is important and what isn't. You are probably not spending as much money as you normally do, and if you are, get some help. Don't be that Christian who spreads lies and misinformation. Don't repost or share things simply because it is good for your politics. Let the weak-minded and petty do that, like me. Don't panic or cause panic. Don't get enraged and in turn enrage others. 
I love causing disruption and discontent on social media, and I need to do everything I can to curb that impulse. Find ways to safely and practically help others if you do have the means. Make offerings to God through your service to others. Support your churches and be ready to come back fired up, willing and ready to do some serious kingdom work afterwards because the world is going to need it and it's going to need us. Never forget, as eternal citizens of the kingdom of God, He is in charge now, not in some distant future. We are called to live for Him, and He in turn lives through us in our love and service to others. Let the Holy Spirit empower you to reveal your true humanity in such a way that it cleanses your soul and it cleanses your life and it takes care of the life of others. Take in what you need to know from whatever news sources you trust, but then walk away and live the kingdom life. Walk the kingdom mile in someone else's shoes and show that kingdom love that our Lord describes in detail in Matthew chapter 5 through 7, otherwise known as the Sermon on the Mount. I'm going to sign off here soon because you know as well as I do, I can talk forever. Remember, stay loose and fluid. Don't react to every little thing you see and hear, or you will stress out until you burn out. Stay frosty and alert. Be ready to move when it's time to gather what you need to take care of yourselves, your family, and anybody else you can. Your neighbor is not just the one that lives next door. Your neighbor is anyone who needs you. And most of all, stay safe. Do everything humanly possible not to contract uh, or to transmit the virus to others as we have seen. And I don't need to go into that whatsoever or even in the ways to keep yourself busy. That's what we have social media for. And it's good in that respect. I will leave you with this one scripture as I close for today. Hebrews chapter 12 verses 1 through 3. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Beloved brothers and sisters, we are guaranteed the kingdom. We know what happens when we die. We might be a little anxious and afraid of how we might die or what might happen, but we have a guarantee and that should make us live way more powerfully than anybody else on the planet. Consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, this is Jesus, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. God bless you as the people of God walking this wilderness of faith amongst other people. And God bless our beloved country and nation. And may the Lord bless all in leadership right now that has responsibility over us. Let's pray. Beloved Father, we are so grateful to you for your love and grace. And even though this pandemic has hit America, Lord, as many have hit the world beforehand, people have survived. I ask that the people of faith now, Father, would be filled to the brim with the Spirit and would walk in a way that you would be pleasing in your sight so that we could be that light on a hill, that salt, that um, strikes the hunger of people in their hearts and minds to get to know you and 
get to know your the, the salvation that we all share, Father, as believers. Take good care of our leadership. Take good care of our pastors and ministers who are now in empty churches right now, Father, trying to make the best of it. And please, Father, put in our hearts to for all of us to go back to church, to go join our families when this is all over and be a ministry to our neighborhoods and our surroundings, Lord, and let us place a strong footprint in our communities. Preserve and protect each and every one of us. Preserve and protect and heal those who are uh, stricken with the disease. And Lord, protect us from all the other things that happens when uh, calamities happen, Lord, in human nature. We ask for your mercy and grace upon us all in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, saints.